It's the Auburn Observer Podcast, the weekend edition, Sunday morning edition. Justin Ferguson here in Auburn, Alabama. A bitterly cold again, Auburn, Alabama. I don't know who decided to make that decision. Also here in Auburn, Alabama, the eldest boy, the Henry Alissimo, the man slinging Hungry Howie's Pizza uh, on Friday night in, in what is be, what I am going ahead and calling a viral internet moment a ton of likes that dan even somebody even bookmarked that photo they wanted to make sure they had that forever uh dan peck of the dan peck multimedia empire how we doing dan yeah i I can't explain it i mean i i was having i was having a great time too i just want to say like i i must have i must have been hit with a cold blast of air or uh someone must have said something appalling to me because i was i was enjoying myself but that picture it, it's it's the Grinch being forced at knife point to hang out hand out pizzas to people and uh, uh, you know hey but shout out shout out to Vic from Hungry Howie's for helping us get some pizzas to the kids on uh, on on Friday as well my main man the only thing we were missing in that picture was you wearing your Hungry Howie's hat I realized that the moment I got to Hungry Howie's to pick them up yeah. I thought I thought it was in the car and I was like I. I missed a golden opportunity to you would have people would have thought you were Howie people would have thought I was yeah people people would have thought I was that Calvin-esque cartoon character uh, come to life the uh, the the mascot for Hungry Howie's another Calvin-esque cartoon character come to life Painter Sharpless checking in uh, as always from the underground bunker Painter how we doing doing well doing well well, folks, we like got- to think we're the. I like to think we're the Hobbs Tigers, and Painter is Calvin, right? Like he, he's we. He, Painter is inventing the two of us to have sports. Maybe sports. I think I could be. I don't know. I don't know. I I think Painter's. I think Painter's like because you know Painter's one of those guys on the on mic where you know he doesn't talk all the time as much as us to blabbermouths, but you know when he when he's there. Like he makes an impact. I feel like that's very, you know, Hobbesian. You know, I think that's a, I think that's a, that, that's the way to go. But, you know, we'll, we'll work it out. There's also three of us, which kind of throws off the ratio. But, uh, anyway, I was like when, when you'd have the little episodes of Calvin and Hobbes that were like, oh, he, now he's going to be Spaceman, uh, Spaceman Spiff. Or mm-hmm. like he'd, he'd have, he'd have his little fantasy segments where we'd, uh, we'd get an extended, like, yeah, we super, do that on the podcast too. Player. We did that on the podcast too, but you only you have to pay you have to pay six hundred dollars a month to, and then we, to get that and, tier. And then we edit it out and I get lectured. Exactly. The tier where painter gives you ASMR, that's yeah, that's that's six thousand dollars a month. Uh, you know, it's it's the big it's the big uh it's the big spenders can only get there. Uh well, fellas, this we're here to talk Auburn, Kentucky. Um Auburn does not play next week uh in the midweek and we'll talk about that as well uh, about how big that is for for the tigers and and how much how needed that is so we don't have a game to preview so this is going to be pretty much all the kentucky game uh here on the podcast and that's i know that's going to be a tough listen for some of y'all because of the way it went down auburn losing 70 to 59 to kentucky and and i mean there's seven million different ways you can go with this off the jump um I think the I think the biggest the two biggest things were how rough Auburn's offense looked in a matchup that you thought would have favored them, especially at home. 
And then, of course, the injury to Jalen Williams. And I, we'll start there with the injury to Jalen Williams because Jalen Williams has been, as we've talked about and I've written about a ton, Jalen Williams has been the guy for Auburn this year. You know, Janai Brooms having a SEC Player of the Year type of year, one of the best um, you know, all-around presences in college basketball this season. But as... Jalen Williams goes, Auburn goes. If you look, and Bruce Pearl said, even said it after the game against Kentucky, if you look at the games that Auburn has lost this season, those are really the only games this season where Jalen Williams has not made much of an impact and, and has struggled. This held up again on Saturday night. Uh, Jalen Williams, um, you know, playing, uh, only scoring three points, going one of five from the from the field, no rebounds, an assist, and a turnover in, in 24 minutes. However, the big news, obviously, is what happened in the second half with him. He drives baseline as a good little dish from Aiden Holloway. He goes up to make a dunk over uh, Ugana Onyenso, the, the big rim protector for Kentucky. There's contact. There's no foul. He puts the ball off the back of the rim. In the moment, it was like, man, Auburn can't get anything to fall. Like It's just even more, doesn't matter if they're shooting it wide open or if they're trying to cram it from close range. It just wasn't going down. There's obviously the contact. He lands awkwardly. There's a pivot in his in his knee. If you go back and look at the replay, left knee immediately clutches it. He is helped off the, the court after a while by the trainers. Doesn't put any weight on that left leg. And Bruce Pearl saying after the game, we're recording this early on Sunday morning. There could be an update later today. There could be an update on Monday. We'll... We'll keep you in the loop uh, whenever that happens, you know, on the Observer and on online and stuff like that. But you know, Bruce said after the game, we we think he's got to have something, and in you know, reading between the lines, there it sounds like an operation or some sort of procedure. We think it's something. It's not just a bang, meaning not bang knees. There were there was a pivot. They're going to do an MRI on Sunday, and then they'll take a look at it. Um. You hope, everybody hopes, that this is something that is not as serious as it looked. You know, obviously injuries are the worst part of sports. They're a common fact of sports, and, and that's what sucks about it. But, you know, I, I don't wanna I don't wanna assume too much, you know, on this podcast here because we don't know the information. We don't know all the news yet, and and it could end up being better than we expected, but you kind of got the feeling when it happened and the way it looked that this could end up being it for Jalen Williams's prolific Auburn basketball career. And Dan, if that's it, that is that is such a brutal way to go out, especially with the season that Jalen Williams had had and how much he meant to this particular team and their success this year. Um, it's just... I think it's just a reminder of how how unfair you know sports can be uh, at times. And yeah, again, like we said, hope for the best for, for Jalen Williams that he is able to play again in an Auburn uniform this season. But if not, I mean, what a career and 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 just what a what a rough rough way to end it for a guy who's been who's meant so much to to so many for, with Auburn for a while. Auburn men's basketball is still new enough as a superpower that. Someone like Jalen Williams, who has played college basketball as long as Jalen Williams has played college basketball, when he got to Auburn, it wasn't as though Bruce Pearl 
had a long track record at Auburn of fielding successful rosters. Auburn had just won their first regular season conference title, I believe, in the either the year or two years before Jalen yeah. Williams arrived. Jalen's yeah. first year was the year they got ended by COVID. So it was title, Final Four, and then Jalen Williams arrives. And this is also a guy who has stayed at Auburn, even as Auburn adds pieces that could have threatened him for playing time or, or could have uh, you know, represented someone who was going to change Jalen Williams' role in the offense. His uh his status as a teammate, you know, seems to, you know, there there seems like there are multiple generations now of Auburn basketball players that will tell you what a great teammate Jalen Williams was Jalen Williams was. And uh, and yeah, it would be uh really unfortunate if if this season ends for for Jalen before uh, you know, before it's it's meant to, before the, the postseason, uh, anything like that. And I'm glad you started with that because it's a little bit cruel to just move to, well, where does this team go without yeah. Jalen Williams? I think his, you know, his status as the winningest player in Auburn men's basketball history needs to be remembered if this is, in fact, a season-ending injury, which just from, you know, I mean, you've watched a lot of basketball, Justin, and, and I, you know, I've, I've watched enough to know when a fall looks really bad. Yeah, and and you know, I I think that's between that and him not putting any weight on it. I do, you know, I do wonder if when Bruce Pearl's talking about he's he's hurt, it, you know, the implication is may, maybe that something is torn or you're you're going to have uh, a, a long a long period where he's he's gone. And again, like you're you're coming in at the end of the regular season. If even if it wasn't massive, you know, if you miss any time, you're at a point in the year where there's only so many games left. You know, you've only got five games left in the regular season. Then you get whatever you get in the NCAA tournament, the SEC tournament. Like, you know, it could it could very easily be we're down to just single digit games uh, for Auburn this year, and that's tough if if a guy misses any time like that. Uh, the Jalen Williams era. <laughs> of Auburn basketball has basically been the era of the observer, uh, give or take. That's the other thing about Jalen Williams. You got to keep in mind, he came in the same freshman class as Isaac Okoro. Isaac Okoro is in his fourth season in the NBA. And now you've got us. He's still there. And I don't know, Dan, like we talk about this a lot where we, we don't see it quite as much in college football anymore. We're seeing it more and more in college basketball. Um, and I think about some of the big name players in the league in college ball that are just like guys that I call just really good college basketball players, like not elite NBA draft prospects, like can be guys that win you games and win accolades. Like Jalen Williams could have had an all SEC type of year, first team all SEC type of year this year. Not a dude that you're going to see, you know, light it up in the NBA more than likely. Um, not a guy that it's going to get all the praise and the buzz and the accolades. A lot of really good college basketball teams have those guys. Like I think of, you know, Kentucky having, um, yeah, you know, Kentucky having Oscar Sheboy and and uh, Zach Eadie's going to end up being that guy as well. I think out I of think UCLA had Juzang and Tyler Cam uh, Tiger Campbell. I think yeah. who would be guys who would fit in, in that mold uh, as well. Gonzaga's had a bunch of them. Hawkins looks like he's going to play in the NBA for a while, uh, but but you know with the with, with the Heat there, you know using him as a rookie but but no it, it you're right you have you have guys who are really solid college basketball players and even more than solid you know championship level rotation pieces and and for Jalen yeah I, I don't know what what the future holds for him 
after this season, but but no, it's a uh, it, it's a it immediately reminded me of when uh, Anthony Mclemore got hurt. Yeah, that's the comparison. The, yeah. yeah, that's the comparison, folks. I think it sticks out in their mind the most. I saw some people talk about like how you know how Chuma went down and Auburn rallied around that, but like Auburn only had a couple games left. You know, they were in the middle of the NCAA tournament. This was, you know, I, I still remember. You know, and 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 it's a rough one to remember. I still remember the Anthony Mclemore injury and how just rough that one looked. And that was a team playing without Austin Wiley for the entire season, uh, and so they were already more th- and, and Purifoy. And that was a team more thin up front than they uh, the, the, than they thought they'd be. And then the Mclemore injury stretched them, you know, to to where it was just you know they they just didn't have enough uh, to to keep to keep playing at that level uh, and, for the rest of the year. And they held on to win the SEC title, but went three and four after McLemore's injury. Included, I mean, you could, you could also say they went, you know, three and five um, because McLemore did get hurt in that South Carolina game. Um, you know, lost in the first round of the SEC tournament, Alabama, uh, you know, scraped away a low scoring game against, um, College of Charleston in the first round of the tournament, and then and then you got blown out by Clemson in the second game. It, you know that's the thing. It's like it is a tough spot to be in for sure. Um, I think we'll save. I think we'll save the what 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 Auburn does without Jalen Williams. Whenever that news, whenever we kind of get a better picture of what what goes on there, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that probably later this week. Let's go to the rest of the game because it just felt like, you know, it was so tough because Auburn had cut the game to five. They had the ball. Jalen gets the ball ripped from him um, it, by Reed Shepard, who is like one of the best steel guys in all the country this year. Um, you know, Kentucky takes it and scores. They go up by seven. And then the dunk happens and then the miss. Uh, by the way, really weird about this game. And I think it, I think it shows you kind of how this game went for Auburn's offense. That was the only dunk attempt of the entire game for Auburn, that miss. Um, and that, I think, says a lot about where they are. But the big thing outside of Jalen Williams' injury um, and what it can mean moving forward is that this was 59 points at home for Auburn. And it felt kind of it felt kind of impossible for Auburn to play the, this way at home. I mean, you, you're coming off of a game against South Carolina, one of the best defenses in the SEC, the best scoring defense in the SEC. And you got everything right. You you basically played a perfect game of basketball and 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 everything you did on offense, shooting it, passing it, driving it, and you know, keep holding on to it. Everything went well for Auburn in that game. Then you come out 3 days later against a Kentucky team that has just flat out struggled on the defensive end this year and you score 59. And it's been three years since Auburn scored that low in a home game. Guys, it's been eight years since Auburn shot this poorly at home. 31% from the field, 18% from deep, 70% from the lines. Fine, not not great, but it, it's fine. Um, I think that's the thing that stunned me more than anything, and it's the story of the game, is that Kentucky was better on defense than expected, and I think some of that was a little want-to and, and physicality and aggression. It's like, yeah, I, Kentucky's got a bunch of five-stars out there and some experience and a ton of length and a, you know NBA-type guys. They should be a lot better on defense than they are. 
All right, so they step up. That's one thing. But this was a combination, I think, of just everything that could have gone wrong for Auburn's offense did in this game. And I think the, you know, I I don't know where, where do you go? Where do you start with this one? Um, you know, Dan, like, is it the guard play? Is it the shooting? Is it what happened with the assist to turnover ratio? Is it not being able to get the shots that you want around the rim? I mean, it was just like, if it could have gone wrong for Auburn's offense, it pretty much did in this one, especially in the first half, right? Yeah. I mean, that, the, and we've talked about slow first halves for Auburn in, in the past, but this was, this was a, uh, you know, absolutely nothing was working in they had, they had like nine points in the first 12 minutes of this game yeah for, for long stretches against a team although we were saying on the previous episode like I, I know a lot of Kentucky's defensive numbers make it seem like Auburn was going into this game with a huge advantage but Kentucky had been shorthanded without one player or another and Kentucky wasn't at full strength yeah they on, still were they still didn't have Trey Mitchell on, on Saturday night so I mean the, the thought that Kentucky was a team playing without an impact player and still playing like that on the road at Neville Arena is, uh, you know, is is a thought that should scare I think a lot of teams in college basketball who still have to deal with Kentucky before the season is over. Uh, but for Auburn, uh, it was a, uh, it was it, it's it's an offensive performance that you're right. It it it's going to lead to a lot of questions about things like, you know, what what can Auburn do now at guard? What does Auburn do in the future at guard? Shot selection, I think, is something that's going to come up. You know, could Auburn oh, yeah. have? Could Auburn have? Uh, you know, could Auburn have attacked the paint more? Did Auburn shoot too many threes? Did the wrong players shoot threes? Like those are, uh, you know, I, I, it's it. There there aren't easy answers after right. after a game like this. And and I think Bruce was Bruce pointed out in the press conference. He didn't want to get into answers that took away from Kentucky and how well yes. Kentucky played in the game Saturday yeah. night because you know people want to say well if if Auburn had done this and if Auburn had done that you know that I, I don't I mean Kentucky might have had an answer for for whatever they seem to have an answer for everything yeah they seem to have an answer for everything and I think yeah Kentucky played well I mean this was a very good game especially on the defensive end for Kentucky these guys are talented they they work hard they practice too like you don't want to just be like when you know there's a tendency especially when your team loses a game you know, if you're listening out there, Auburn fans, there's like there's a tendency. Okay, what did we all do wrong? And there's a lot you can point to this game that that Auburn could have done better. But also, like those other dudes get scholarships. Those other dudes are really good basketball players. And the, and you know, so you don't want to just completely say, "Oh, Auburn blew it." Auburn, you know, Kentucky had to go in and 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 make some of that stuff happen on this one. Again, we talk about how Jalen Williams has been fundamental to this team's success. The other thing has been assist-to-turnover ratio, and I'm going to keep beating that drum because it has been so huge this year. But bottom line, in SEC wins this season, Auburn's assist-to-turnover ratio is nearly 2-1. to one. That's one of the best numbers you're going to find anywhere in the country for a team. Um, in games that they have lost now in SEC play, they have more turnovers than assists. They are twice I think even a little bit twice, a little bit more than double as as good taking care of the ball and distributing it in these wins than they are in losses. It is a huge determining factor in this game. And we talk about how do you beat Auburn, how do you slow down Auburn, how do you limit them? And it's like, okay, we'll take away Janai Broom, you know, or you know, pack it in and all that. And we've seen how that's not worked. 
what's happening right now. You look at the Florida game, you look at the Mississippi State game, and I think you now look at the Kentucky game. Alabama was a little different. It just the flow of that game was a lot different. But those three especially, the last three losses for Auburn, I think what you're looking at is a situation where if you can rattle and you can get after Auburn's point guards, you know, everything kind of flows out of that, right? Yes, Auburn is a team where you have seen the front court provide a lot of assist and everybody shares and everybody shoots and that's great. But the point guards are the ones, kind of like quarterback in football, they're the ones touching the ball on every possession. They're the ones who are bringing it up the floor and they are getting the, getting it going. And there were times this season and even times in SEC play where Trey Donaldson and Aiden Holloway were playing really good basketball and they deserved a lot of praise and a lot of credit. They did exactly what they you know, Auburn needed them to do. And even with Aiden Holloway, who has not shot the ball well for about a month now, more than that probably, you still saw the playmaking happen and you saw him take care of the ball. This game, it was just, you didn't get an assist from either of your starting point guards. You only got one basket. And, and you know, you had two turnovers from Trey Donaldson and, and, and you know, Aiden didn't have a, have a turnover. But just combined, your point guards, five points, one of eight from the field, 0-4 from deep, zero assists and, and two turnovers. That's not going to get it done against any quality team that you play, especially a team like Kentucky that's got guard after guard after guard after guard that's going to be playing in the NBA someday. That's the one thing that like every Auburn fan on the planet has looked at the last couple of years now and said, does Auburn have the guard play to get it done? Is Auburn going to be able to do this in the postseason? I think that for long stretches of this year, you really liked what you're getting out of the guard play and everything was working well, but this feels like one of those games where, especially in light of the Jalen Williams injury, you look at it, and, and if you're an Auburn fan, you're probably like, all right, Bruce, what's the counter here? Like, what's, What is Auburn going to do to kind of build off of this? Because it's, it, it's a tough spot to be in, especially when you look at who is working and who's playing really, really well in college basketball heading into the tournament. And, and in games where Auburn's front court can dominate, the guard play, you know, even, even when the guard play struggles, you can cover it up. But against Kentucky, when Kentucky is outscoring Auburn in the paint and Kentucky is out-rebounding Auburn and Janai is having a tough time getting going against the combination of big front court players, I'd say, especially uh, on Yenso, right? Mm -hmm. But like, but, but, but I mean, uh, they, because, because he played, I think that's, that's more than he's played uh, yeah. you know, a lot, uh, you know, let, let these, and, and I think they even raised the, the point on the broadcast that one of the reasons Kentucky's defense has improved over these last couple of games is a decision to maybe start using Onyenso on as an anchor around the middle in in the half court. Yeah, he's and a he great was, shot blocker. Yeah. He's a great and, shot blocker, yeah. great rim protector. And then to the to that point, I mean, they were out without Trey Mitchell. I thought thought of Duthi Arrow. Their uh their their power forward played really well, fourteen and eight. Kind of quiet how much better he was in this game than he had been, and I think part of it, you know, Jalen Williams was not playing a great game and obviously was hurt uh, for that long stretch in the second half. Um, you know, I think the big, yeah, the big the big thing there is, you know, you had Big Z, right, uh, for, for Kentucky, and it's a sensation, and oh, look at what he did when in his debut, and 
he hadn't played that much recently, and and, and part of it is, I think he was only out there for like a couple of possessions, and both of them were pretty rough defensive ones for him late in the game. So they they kept Onyenso out there for for a long time. But you know the the point guard play. Going back to the point guard play, you look at what I mean. Everything was just out of sync and out of sorts for Auburn on offense. And you look at this game and say, well, you know, even with Onyenso playing well, even with Fierro playing well, you look at this game and you say, hey, Auburn, if you pound it inside and use, you know, Janai Broom and Jalen Williams and you get that going, this everything could kind of open up here. And and they couldn't get the ball to them on a consistent basis. Um, and, and that just changed everything. Uh, you know, Pearl's comments after the game, I'll, I'll read it. T straight up, he said, their ball pressure from their guards, meaning Kentucky, really wouldn't allow us to get the ball into places on the floor that we kind of needed to be able to execute our offense or get the ball inside to Jalen Williams or get the ball inside to Janai Moore. You know, Janai finished the game 14 and 11, few blocks, you know, decent game for him. You know, it's just kind of one of those things. Like you said, you roll out of bed and get those numbers. But, you know, he only, I think, uh, yeah, he, you know, he he took. There was a stretch where he was only like two or four from the field. Yeah, two or four from the field in the second half. Got into some, you know, got got the fouls kind of rack up on him. And again, the other thing, you know, I didn't mention it earlier, and it was kind of stupid of me not to not to say this, but Trey Donaldson only plays eleven minutes because he was in foul trouble, and that was a big question. There were some folks after the game, you know, I saw online. They were like, "Why why did Trey only play eleven minutes?" Well. He had to, he got his second foul of the game uh, with ten thirty nine left in the first half. It's hard to play a guy for long stretches with two fouls in the first half, and then in the second half he got foul three and foul four within the first minute and thirty one seconds. And so you're you're playing on four fouls. You know he 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 just the the foul you know the foul trouble was 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 a real issue, and it just threw everything out of whack for Auburn. And so you have to play Aiden Holloway a little bit more. And Aiden had a couple of good moments. He didn't turn the ball over, but it wasn't enough, obviously. Um, and, and, you know, there's always, especially against a team like Kentucky with the guards that they've got, there are going to be defensive questions about, you know, how Auburn could hold up there. We'll talk about the defense uh, in a little bit. But um, the other thing there to, to keep in mind is that you have to get Denver Jones the playing at the one and it makes sense but remember the denver jones move is defense even he said that after the game is like that is more of a defensive move than this is our ideal scenario on offense he can make it happen and he had to carry a lot of load and denver did not play a poor game you know went three of seven from deep had a couple turnovers a couple assists but it's obviously different when you have a guy who has not been running the show all season be that guy at the one compared to when you have Donaldson out there, when you have Holloway out there. And so it helps you on defense, but when you have to rely on it too much in the game on offense, it it, it throws everything off. And I think the best way I could describe it, Dan, is this just looked all out of sync. Not to say that Denver Jones didn't play well and play hard and, and like, you know, um, you know, gave a lot to his team out there, but you can tell a difference. And it just felt like Auburn never got in a groove because of the foul trouble and, and the lackluster play from their point guards. And the dangerous thing of playing like that with the assumption, well, eventually we'll find a rhythm, eventually we'll be able to string some quality possessions together, 
is Kentucky better than just about anybody I've seen playing Auburn this year? When they had the lead in the second half, Kentucky drained every second off the play clock over and over and over again. Kentucky shortened this game in the second half and did not give Auburn. I know, I mean, and, and certainly after the Jalen Williams injury, things were trending against Auburn anyway. But Kentucky's ability to take the shot clock down to eight or five or even less than that before they put their shot up. And yes, they hit some of those shots too, which is even more demoralizing when you can uh, when you when you can run twenty five sec with the lead, run twenty five seconds off the clock before hitting your shot, and and then drawing a foul on a couple of those possessions as well. I mean, for for the way Kentucky, you know, re- really bled this thing down. Um, it, it left it left Auburn like there wasn't time to get into any kind of rhythm with any of the point guards and and they're they're, they're struggling at the moment. The Donaldson to me it was really telling when Donaldson stayed in the game after foul 3, right? Cuz that's that's usually third foul early in the second half. That's usually a sign when you would pull a guy and get someone else in. I think they felt like they needed some minutes from yeah. Trey Donaldson right there to get the offense going and unfortunately in doing that they left him in to pick up his fourth foul just a just a, about a minute later. The other thing in this game that threw the rotations out of whack is Chad Baker Mazzara got smacked in the face, it looked like, in the in the first half, missed about five or six minutes of the game. Um, that was the first injury scare for Auburn. Auburn didn't play poorly without him on the floor. The lead actually went from 10 to 9 for Kentucky um, from, the, from the time he subbed out to the time he subbed back in, but... With the way Chad Baker Mazzara played, you wonder how much, like how if Auburn would have been able to show a little bit more fight, a little bit more of a comeback in the first half if he'd have stayed on the floor because he played a really efficient game, uh, fourteen points, uh, six boards, three assists, uh, had a block, had a steal, had a couple turnovers, but you know had, had a positive assist to turnover ratio. The problem, uh, you know, obviously, is that he only took three shots. He was nine and nine from the free throw line. And Dan, when you talk about shot selection, I, you know, again, I don't sit here and say like Auburn took bad, a ton of bad shots. A lot of their looks were open. I, that's the other thing I'd say about this game for Kentucky. Yes, did Kentucky guard better? Yes, did Kentucky's ball pressure get to him? Sure. Auburn also had a good number of open shots that they just missed. And you look at how, like, who missed what and where, that's what starts to kind of add up a little bit. You know, Chad Baker Mazar hitting his only three attempt. Denver Jones having a solid day from three, but then everybody else going over. That's tough. Now, I'm not saying pass up wide open looks when they're when you get them. I'm not saying do that all the time. And and again, I think there have been some times this year where Auburn has passed up good looks to try to get different ones, and it just hadn't really worked out. Auburn kind of got scrambled out of control on some of the on some of these uh, possessions, and then when they had good looks, they still weren't able to knock them down. So I think it's a combination, right? You know, Denver Jones talking to him after the game, he says, "Hey, we didn't hit open shots. We got what we wanted. We just didn't knock them down." Bruce Pearl after the game said, "Hey, you know, I'm not going to basically like he's not throwing his guys under the bus, and he also says like, hey, Kentucky played well, and I think the answer again is somewhere in the middle, right? Like I think both of these guys can be correct." Auburn did not hit shots when they had open opportunities. Also, their defense, you know, Kentucky's defense really affected them. And I think the big problem, Dan, is, is like if it happens in Neville, 
and you're talking about this historically rough offensive performance from Auburn against a team that doesn't have an elite defense, that is what, you know, that's what sticks out in your brain moving forward. It's like, okay, what can they do to make that counter? And and maybe part of it is just they're going to, they, they might have to change up kind of how the rotations go and how, um, how the offense flows, especially if Jalen Williams is out. Right. And after a, after a game uh, Wednesday night against South Carolina where where Jalen and Janai were so productive from three, that wasn't there for Auburn on uh, on Saturday. I don't think either of them hit a, a three-point shot in the uh, in, in the game. And, and for Kentucky, when Auburn started to really get it close in the second half and you felt like Neville Arena, if it was ever going to help will this team to victory, it was right then and there, uh, and Antonio Reeves. Just, I mean, it, it felt like over and over again, whatever he, whatever he tried worked. And sometimes, sometimes you run into a player, especially a guy with an NBA ceiling, like, uh, like Reeves, uh, so, sometimes you run into a player like that and, and he can, uh, he can take over a game if he had, uh, you know, if he hadn't been able to get as hot as he, as he got, uh, could Auburn have eventually tied it and, and would a lead change have uh, have, have changed things in the second half because it would have put more pressure on Kentucky. I don't know, but they uh, again. I was I was so impressed with the way we because we, we've seen Auburn come back in games like this, and the way Kentucky executed to keep Auburn at bay throughout the second half mm-hmm. on on both ends of the floor. You know, for for a guy who you know I I've always I don't know I think I think people you know are are. They go out of their way to take shots at Calipari, and you know, and, and maybe he, he had the up. weirdest post game press conference last night. And if you, if I don't know who, if anybody filmed it, but go watch it. He, it. It's not a press conference. He he cut a promo. He got a promo on the entire Kentucky beat, and it was so funny. He like what well, didn't he? he was like don't quit, don't attack our kids, and like ev- like literally every <laughs> Kentucky fan I saw. In the in like replies on Twitter, it was like no one is attacking your kids. There, we're we're attacking the guy who gets paid more money than anyone else to do this. Something, some, I you know, I I heard something the set him off. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I I don't know what uh, you know. I don't I don't know what the Kentucky Observer said to uh to to uh, to inflame John Calipari. I especially like the part at the end where he said he had a plane to catch to the NBA All Star game. Because yeah. they've never had this many players from one school in the NBA All Star game before, uh, he's but, still and- more proud of that than anything else. And again, I, I guess, I guess that's the thing where it's like, yeah, be proud of it. that's how they built their program. Like you know, Kentucky's got all the banners. They like to be able to point to you know the fact that they've got all these dudes still playing in the league. And there's nothing. I mean, shy of a shy of a perfect season, there's nothing really John Calipari can do that he hasn't done at Kentucky before, right? He's won a championship. He's gone to the final four. He's won the SEC tournament. He's won the SEC regular season. They they came close to a perfect season. They got all the way to the final four without a loss that that one year uh, before the, the bubble burst. But really there's nothing I mean I, I I can sort of understand why even though a lot of a lot of you know the winning is the standard at a program uh, like Kentucky, uh th- this is still someone who uh, you know, occasion, occasionally a very confident version of of, of John Calipari comes out, and may, maybe it was the jacket, uh, maybe it was the way his team was playing, uh, but but he, I think he had every right to be confident after uh, a- after his team delivered a game like that. 
Let's start real quickly about Auburn's defense in this game because defensively they played solidly. Um, yes, Antonio Reeves is a matchup problem. Antonio Reeves scored twenty two points. Antonio Reeves also scored hit took twenty shots from the field. Like so, it wasn't like he was just hitting everything on him. Um, he had a stretch where it felt like he was hitting everything. Oh yeah, right? in, in the, in the and that was half. the that was like the like yeah they always had an answer and that's tough. Kentucky only hit four threes in this game. And as Bruce Pearl said afterwards, if you if I thought if we'd have held him to four threes, we won. Kentucky countered. They found different ways to get it done. This is where the difference in Auburn and Kentucky really bears itself out here in the style. We talk about how Auburn is so big on assist to turnover ratio and how that has been such a factor for them. For Kentucky, it doesn't matter as much. Now, Kentucky does assist and they don't turn the ball over, and those numbers can be really good. But they're a team that does not have to rely on ball movement as much because they spread the floor and they have one-on-one scores. They have NBA type of guys. Calipari going crazy about you know all the dudes he's got in the league. Yeah, I mean, there's part of the reason that like Kentucky is a factory for those kind of players. It is more NBA. It is more ISO. Antonio Reeves got got his buckets, but you know DJ Wagner goes one of six from the field, uh, turns the ball over four times. Rob Dillingham does you know has a really Solid offensive performance, but he has four turners. Reed Shepard isn't much of a factor shooting the ball in this game. Like those are all things that you can look at. Kentucky scored seventy. They usually scored nearly ninety in a game, right? Even in losses, they have been able to light it up. So you look at Auburn, and it's like Auburn's defense worked really, really hard to prevent this game from getting ugly, especially early. And that's the thing about this team that I think again it'll continue to carry it. We will talk about offense, and we will talk about the the need uh for the tigers to have that kind of prolific offense um you know in order to play with the best of the best and they, how, how they can do that on a more consistent basis moving forward that'll be the conversation but i do think Auburn's defense held in well they were pretty even on the boards for most of the game the problem though the big problem though i thought during the game and, and i don't know if either of y'all kind of felt the same way Kentucky missed like three or four threes early that were wide open, and it was like, oh boy, that feel that felt significant. At halftime, at halftime, Auburn had given up fifteen points off of turnovers, and Auburn had zero points off turnovers themselves. I think the, I think it was like six turnovers for Kentucky in the first, or six turnovers for Auburn in the first half turned into fifteen Kentucky points. Four turnovers for Kentucky in the first half were zero Auburn points. Um. Kind of like the Florida game again, Auburn, Auburn's offense can be really, really good. And in the half court, they did everything right against South Carolina. But especially against a team like Kentucky, if you get the, if you get them to turn the ball over, which they don't do very often, you need to be able to capitalize on that. And they didn't. There was really good defense from Auburn at times in this game. They forced turnovers in the second half when they made those runs. It was because they were trapping and they were they were forcing turnovers. Katie Johnson was a, was a factor in that. They were getting down the floor. They were scoring. They didn't do enough of that in the first half. They had opportunities, and you had behind-the-back passes go out of the ways or maybe give a little bit extra passing, a little too much, wasn't able to capitalize. And that, I think, is really, really tough in this game. Yes, Auburn was able to hold Kentucky to 70. That's great. Um, it's a really good defensive performance. But you need to turn your defense into offense, and part of the reason why Auburn's offense was so low in this game not just because of their half court execution, but because they weren't able to capitalize on it. And Dan, like this is Cal Party went into the locker room or went into the post game and said that in in his promo that he cut is basically like 
them getting steals gives Auburn's team it gives them gas and 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 it, and, it, and, it, and they turn that into offense and Auburn got 10 points off of turnovers in the second half but they were minus 13 in points off of turnovers in a game they lost by 11 and again in a game where Kentucky finished with one more turnover than Auburn did that's a huge huge factor in this game and, and we saw that in the Florida game as well Auburn could not force Kentucky into the kind of mistakes that Auburn forces other teams to make defensively. And it felt like when Auburn ratcheted up the pressure, Kentucky had the right move to make. They they were able to uh you know they, they were able to avoid we just we just talked about the way the way that pressure seemingly melted South Carolina on Wednesday night. There was none of that. And and it wasn't again I'm reluctant to say it was because Auburn was doing, you know, Auburn needed to do this instead or Auburn needed to do that instead. Uh, it, it seemed like what Auburn was trying Saturday uh, was was often it was the the next thing Auburn does or, or or something Auburn has had success with. Kentucky just had an answer, and that's that's the nature of when you're when you're talking about championship contenders at the high major level. Like we said on the show, and and because Kentucky had dropped some games early, uh, I think maybe this would surprise some people to realize. But Auburn and Kentucky now have the same number of SEC losses. And Kentucky has a schedule in front of them where I don't know how many more they can lose, but you know, I, I think 13 and five could get you close to the SEC regular season title. My guess would be the champions. Uh, my guess, my guess is the champion's gonna be 14 and four. Like that that would be my yeah. my guess right we'll now. See. So, we'll see. I Bama's Bama's just playing out of their gorge right now, still on offense. Yeah, they lose to Auburn and they drop a hundred in back to back games like that. It feels pretty feels pretty significant. And, and we'll see. Tennessee's now solo second. Um they have got to they get Kentucky at home and but they have to go to Tuscaloosa, I think. Bama's uh, got Bama's got a home and away with Florida. They go yeah, to they they've go got to, a tough finish, but still they're they go playing to Rupp, really yeah. well. They go to Rupp and they've got Tennessee at home, which I feel like is maybe they go two and two in that stretch. If Bama does better than two and two in two games with Florida, assuming they win the other ones, if Bama does better than two and two in two games with Florida, a road game with Kentucky and a home game with Tennessee, they're going to win the conference at 15 and three. And they'll they'll probably be the only regular season uh, champion at, at 15 and three. If they slip up on that stretch or lose any of the other ones 14 and 4 13 and 5 opens the door uh to i mean at Flo- look florida has a shot of going 13 and 5 depending on how they oh yeah depending on how they finish the regular season like like this thing is you know i, I think certainly now with with the with auburn losing at home you know the, the door is open for bama to run the table or come close to running the table and winning this thing by themselves tennessee Kentucky, Auburn, Florida, South Carolina, they're still they're still there too sort of waiting for their opportunity at Bama or for Bama to slip up. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, while we were recording we were recording this, uh, Jalen Williams tweeted um a a I'm going to be I the quote is I'm going to be fine and it's like the praying hands emoji. Um again, that's not news or anything um and i think here's the thing we'll see you know we're recording this again early uh, on on sunday i'd be surprised if he already had like mri results or anything like that right now um 
I do know Jalen Williams, like the type of dude he is, as as even keeled and smooth as possible. It's one of those guys that will, he will take a setback like this, whatever it looks like, how however significant it is, and he's gonna he's gonna roll with the punches. I think he's gonna have a great mindset, and his teammates are going to be able to rally around him. So we'll see. Um, again, there's going to be like people might I've already seen Auburn fans kind of take that as oh he's gonna be good. Like eh, I don't know if I'd, I'd go ahead and say that. But I think that's just kind of more of a, you know, there's a reason for, you know, hope, optimism, anything like that is is free. You know, don't don't cut, you know, don't don't overdose on it. But also, you know, um, there's nothing there's nothing wrong and, and, you know, wishing and hoping for the best. Bama also goes to Ole Miss in this stretch before the before the season is over. So I think there's you know, there's still. There's still time for you're still uh, gonna be you're still gonna be you know knocking down that that Ole Miss door, aren't you? I think you know a road game against a top tier team like that that's a that's a dangerous proposition. Did you right now. okay okay? But 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 Ole Miss lost three straight and 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 had an absolute escape against the worst team in the SEC at home last night. So I'm gonna they, I'm gonna cool, they, I'm gonna cool it on the Rebs right now. But the, but three straight to Auburn, South Carolina, and Kentucky. Uh, you know, two, two yeah, South Carolina that murder that murders row. Hey, we were just talking about how good South Carolina was. Well, like then a, they lost to like LSU. Whole, for like a yeah. whole podcast. Although we were, I, I think we did say we did say they weren't as good as probably people thought thought they were. And again, I I, I, I there was something about that yesterday. You know, uh, Rick, who is a who is a longtime Inner Circle member, he and I kind of went in a back and forth. Uh, shout out to Rick, by the way. Always good to hear from him. Kind of went back and forth about how Auburn struggled in shooting. It's like, well, Auburn struggles shooting. And his point was like, yeah, the South Carolina team is not that very, not very good. And it's like, probably not, but still, like, they played a perfect basketball game against him as well. Yeah. I, I just mentioned South Carolina at the end of that, uh, at the end of that list of teams still in the hunt for the, the conference regular season title. I don't think. South Carolina is going to be able to stay with these other teams. I I would guess, right? You got you got six teams for four spots right now. If you think about the 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 teams getting the buys in the SEC tournament, and I would I would guess right now South Carolina is going to be one of the one of the odd teams out in that one. Just just stacking them up against a Bama or a Tennessee or a Kentucky or a, or a Florida Auburn. You know, you, I, I think I think Auburn. Going into this weekend, I would have compared favorably to some of those teams. Uh, the the loss of Jalen Williams, if if it's an extended loss, uh, changes that equation a little bit. Although I maintain this uh, this this regular season, the the opportunities there for Bama, uh, but a slip up or two oh, op- yeah. opens the door for a lot of teams to win a share of this regular season title. All right, uh, let's take care of some business before we wrap up here today. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you like the show and want more of it, uh, you can subscribe to the Auburn Observer. You get all of our newsletters, all of our podcasts, so uh, the breakdowns, mailbags, um, all that good stuff uh, for Auburn men's basketball and football is coming your way. Spring practice starts next week, which is crazy to think about, uh, but we'll have a lot of coverage. You know, I'll continue to be on the road here with uh, games in Athens and Knoxville, and then I think there's one in Columbia here in a couple of weeks coming up. Missouri, that is not South Carolina. Um, you can follow all of it auburnobserver.com we email everything out to you and you get twice as much of this podcast when you subscribe go to auburnobserver.com there's links in the description all that good stuff it's $6 a month or $60 a year and like I said we email everything out to you Painter how else can the folks at home help out the show 
rate, review, and follow the show wherever you get your podcast. Helps us out a ton. Gets more eyes and ears on the product. You know, it's just it's just a good it, it it helps us out a ton, and we appreciate all of you for helping us out. I will uh, I'll say this. I haven't gone back and checked a lot of the reviews here recently. We did get one coming up, uh, coming. Uh, it's been actually been a little while ago, um, and I think we'll I think we'll we'll save this for a a future podcast because I like the idea. Uh, the Harson buggy suggesting, can we take a brief moment to reminisce on past unsug heroes from Auburn basketball history, such as Simeon Bowers? I'll always talk about Simeon Bowers if y'all if y'all want to, but yeah, we'll talk about some Auburn unsung Auburn basketball. That might be a good kind of midweek Should thing we all- to do. It, this this suggestion was a couple of months old, and I'm sorry to the Harson Buggy for for you know for not getting to it quicker. But we'll uh we'll 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 bring that. In. And I'll also say our next podcast, which will be later this week, our buddy Jordan Hill of uh, of Dogs Two Four Seven, um, newly married Jordan Hill. Congrats again to him and Shelby. The, he's going to join us on the podcast to preview Auburn, Georgia, and considering. Jordan spent some time here at Auburn. I'm sure he'll have some have some uh, unsung Auburn basketball here as he'd like to talk about as well. So you can get that later this week. That'll just be a premium uh, podcast just for our subscribers. So sign up there. Uh, also, homefieldapparel.com, the number one place to buy uh, all of the best Auburn t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, bomber jackets, joggers, hats. They got it all. You can also get the official Auburn Observer t-shirt there. Uh, just go to Auburn. Go to homefieldapparel.com, Search Auburn Observer, and uh, and uh, you get you'll get the most comfortable T-shirt that money can buy with our logo printed on it. Um, you can get fifteen percent off your first order from Homefield Apparel if you use the promo code Observer two three at checkout. News from Homefield as we were recording this episode. This might be of interest to some of you out there. Uh, Homefield, you know, they've done college stuff. They they've done a little bit of other thing, uh, other things from time to time. They are starting this winter to early spring and um, summer. They are doing a racing collection, uh, which starts here this week with a Hendrick Motorsports collection. I've seen one of the things from it. Uh, it is incredible. Uh, they're gonna do some stuff with the Indy Five Hundred. I think they got some Formula One stuff coming up. So if you're a racing fan. Check out homefieldapparel.com. They might have something for you here in, in the coming coming uh, weeks and months. Free suggestion to the fine people at Homefield. There is an Olympics coming up this this summer, and there is a World Cup that will be in the United States of America in just two years, including, what, a semifinal in Atlanta? Is yeah, that Atlanta right? gets like so, six games, I think. So how about some Team USA Homefield gear? How about some, uh, you know, let's, let's get on the... Uh, on the patriotic tip uh, with it for uh, so, so I, I, they do a, they do an amazing job. And as always, accept no imitations with, with home field, be vigilant and make sure it's the it's only the, home field apparel.com. It's the yeah. real home field. Get that, it, get that seal of approval on there. For and sure. if you want to, yeah. And if you want to remember some guys from Auburn men's basketball, uh, I'm, I'm always, I'm always oh, yeah, up we'll for get that it. too. We'll, we'll get it. We'll get to, that's a great idea. Tay Waller. Oh, I love Tay Waller. Uh, all right. Let's wrap up here. Uh, just just some quick thoughts before we go. Uh, Auburn's got an off week here coming up. This is a interesting little quirk in the schedule. So basically, um, with the way the schedule's worked out, all uh, SEC teams have played that SEC Big 12 Challenge in the middle of, the, of conference play for years. 
They move that to with the ACC. They move that to November. So there's an open date for everybody. Kentucky's the only team who didn't have an open date because they thought it would be cool to play play Gonzaga during that time. They lost, but it seems like Kentucky might be turning the corner here a little bit uh, this week. This could not have come at a better time for Auburn. Again, like there's no good time to have a potentially big injury to a key player, and we'll see how Auburn counters that. But like they need this extra time. Dan to like figure some stuff out and also just to to rest Auburn and South Carolina have their off dates this week they are the last two teams in the league to get it so you talk about Auburn has had the longest stretch that they've had to play these games even for a super deep roster this is a tough thing for for them to deal with but yeah I mean even before the Jalen Williams injury Auburn needed this extra time and I, I think this is this these next few days, they're going to have some downtime. They're going to have some off time. They're going to learn some things about themselves and try to regroup. But like, they really, really need this to to you know to come out on the other side with a chance to still you know fight for a good NCAA tournament seed, potentially fight for a good SEC double you know double buy and and put themselves in a position to possibly go on a run here in the postseason. I would think that after rebuilding, like I would think that after a game like the one Auburn just had, where the point guards were. Uh, they, they weren't able to produce and they didn't play a ton of minutes. I would think that that's a priority this week, sort of re- rebuilding the confidence of Trey and Aiden and making sure they're they're aware that they're a big part of what Auburn, like, the, you know, Auburn needs them down the stretch if they're going to accomplish the things that this team has been talking about all season long. And and how they do that, I mean, that's why Bruce Pearl is, is Bruce Pearl. You know, he, he's got his methods of, getting the most out of uh, the guard entrusted with the point guard position, but he's got his work cut out for him because they're, they're talented guys. Uh, but it's a, uh, it, it's, it's been a, it, it's, it's been a, especially against the best teams. It's been a tough stretch for Holloway and uh, Trey Donaldson r- really struggled against uh, Kentucky. And I think that's the thing is like, you don't want to have a have a blueprint out there on you, right? You don't want to be able to say, well, if you do this to Auburn, you're going to win or you're going to have a really good chance. And it feels like the blueprint has been, hey, you know, slow down the point guards, you know, really get after them, pressure them, and then, you know, you can live with, you know, you can live with other guys taking it, taking it over, but like Jalen Williams kind of makes the thing all go together. He's that link between the, the perimeter and the, and the post, and obviously this could be a, a really big trouble. Uh, for him, if you know, for Auburn, if they are out for an extended amount of time, I said we will talk about kind of big picture wise what that looks like moving forward. But you know, Chaney Johnson minutes going up. You can see probably some more of the wings get involved. You know, Chris Moore potentially. You know, he has played the four in his career. We'll see. We'll see what Auburn ends up doing there. If ball pressure is is something that point guards are struggling with, or teams are having success throwing at the other team's point guard. Which, by the way, is something that Auburn does to other teams. Like, right. you know, this is, you know, it's not like it's some sort of weapon that <laughs> that Auburn's not familiar with. What What do you think the adjustments are that a team can make to, uh, to 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 overcome? A, I mean, is it just is it just a matter of not not having the ball stop with the point guard as often? You're going to need other, you know, it's it's got to stay moving and and it's got to maybe shots have to go up quicker uh, across the board. Yeah, I, I you know that, that's a really good question, and and I, I don't want to like you know there's not an there's not an easy answer to that. Question. There's not an easy answer, and I, and I think that's the thing where like I would be very interested to hear what Bruce Pearl 
would have to say about like how's a good way to kind of effectively counter that. Um, I do think your secondary playmakers need to step up, and I think there have been times you know where they've got it. Not having Jalen would be a big factor there because he is arguably one. Like that's the thing about this team that I think is is fascinating. I wrote about this in a mailbag a few weeks ago. I think Auburn's guard play this year has been better than it was last year. And I know that was a question that people had coming into the season, and it's like, hey, we've seen in March where guard play takes you so far. Does Auburn still have it? And, and, and statistically, yes. You know, even with their struggles, with Aiden's shooting struggles, with again for Trey Donaldson, it's been a couple of rough games. It hasn't been like a consistent stretch of it or anything like that. Uh, with you know his playmaking, but even with some of the down games. Auburn's production to the guard spot has taken a big step forward. And then you throw in what has been a better year for Katie Johnson, what has been, you know, a welcome addition of Denver Jones. But the question is, is like, how much is like, is it enough? Is it going to be able to get you kind of over the top against some really, really good teams? Especially like, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but like, or, like this is it for COVID guys this year. Like, this is the last year. Like, Jalen Williams is one of the guys that like, There'll be some dudes next year who are fifth or sixth year guys, but not nearly as many as there are now. And there's going to be a lot of teams that Auburn could face in the SEC tournament or potentially in the NCAA tournament who have really, really experienced guards, especially point guards. And it's like, can Auburn counter that? If you were a true freshman in 2021, this is your COVID year. 21, 22, 23. No, this is your fourth no, year. So 21, 21, 22 doesn't count to COVID. It's just 2021. That was right. the only year. That was the only year that was affected. Yes, and so that that's the year you could opt out or, I think or that's play. Right. And so, oh, I, I might I, be wrong on that too. Sorry, no, I, I think twenty twenty one is the for for college basketball players. I think twenty twenty one is the only season where you had the option of you could play or you could opt out, and it wouldn't it wouldn't affect your eligibility moving forward. I believe you could be if you're if you were a true freshman in twenty twenty one, you're a fourth year senior now. You have next year to play, right? Because Jalen wasn't Jalen on the nineteen twenty team. Was it he was a true freshman on the team mm-hmm. that? No, I want to he say was J- a true freshman on the twenty twenty one team. Okay, so Jalen, this is this is his fifth year. No, no, no nineteen twenty. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, my bad. Okay. My bad. My bad. Sorry. That, yeah, we got we we have to do math here. Yeah. Um, Jalen, yeah, Jalen was a fresh a true freshman on the team. It's that easier to figure it out in college football because they only play in right. one year. Right. This is so so if you. If you were a true freshman in the first year, they gave an eligibility year, a year back. You'd be a fourth-year senior now. You have the option of playing a fifth year next year. And then I think then that's it for for COVID seniors. Next season will be the extra year given to the true freshmen who who were there in, 19, in, in 2021. Because you have 21, 22, 23, 24. So right. next next year would be the fifth year. You might have some players. guys still left over that are super experienced next year, but it's not going to be a, as much, I don't think, as you have right now. So again, it is fair to wonder. It is fair to kind of question. I do think again, I do think Auburn's guard play has taken a step up. Now, has guard play let them down uh, in these losses? Yes, they need to kind of find out those kind of counters, and I think they're capable of it. Like I, when Auburn has won this year against some really good teams as well. Trey Donaldson has been excellent. Um, Aiden Holloway, even with the shooting not going down, he still has a really good assist to turnover ratio, and you'd like some of that. But offensively, defensively, you got to have some step up. You're going to have teams like Kentucky that are just guard factories that you're going to have to have to play well against. And especially if you're 
if your strength in the front court, if your strength in the front court is not what it is moving forward because of Jalen Williams' injury, you re- it's going to put a lot of pressure on those guys. I think it's also going to put a pressure on your wings and you know stuff like that. But really, I w- I'm not saying Auburn lost the game yesterday because they didn't get a point guard play. It was a lot of factors, and and, and also on top of that, Kentucky played well um, and better than people expected. But you look at this and say, if Auburn's going to have a chance moving forward to pick up some wins um, and put them like they were the top four seed in the NCAA tournament field um, when in the bracket reveal on Saturday morning, I, that that's probably going to be their peak. They only have one more quad one game left in the regular season. That's the Tennessee game. That's going to be a really tough matchup. Obviously quad one thing uh, games are going to run, run the world basically. And we had talked about heading into this week. It was like, Hey, old serve at home. Pick up some wins on the road. Auburn can still be in a good position. Well, they didn't hold serve at home. And Painter, I always go back to what we talked about because I think you you usually have a really good head about you're like a really good head about this during the year where it's like Auburn goes on this run where they win a ton of games in a row. And I remember us having these conversations. You're like, yeah, I, I still think this team's probably, you know, this and this, like what we thought coming into the year, but it's good to see that they could kind of step up. Bruce Pearl said last night, I said this is a good team with a chance to be a very good team. What they've shown is they're a very good team with a chance to be a maybe great team. We weren't very good tonight. I kind of going and sort of expected to see this at times against the best teams on our schedule. I still like our team. I do. Um, If Jalen is out, we're going to have to figure some things out. It sounds like that sounds like a lot of the conversations we've had, Painter, was just like, yeah, like this team was picked to finish outside the top four in the SEC coming into the year. They look like they could get past that but again I think yesterday was kind of a a reminder that it was going to be tough for this team to be a championship contender this year with what they had in the makeup but that doesn't mean like you know that doesn't mean they still can't overachieve even with even with injuries right and and obviously team capable of getting getting hot and um, winning some games in the postseason but yeah there's some variance in how this team plays and the results it gets against really competitive teams I think it's still a capable team. Yeah, I think that's, again, it's just the ceiling looks different. The ceiling looks super high against South Carolina. It changes when you play different teams. It changes, you know, when you when you play certain guard matchups, when you don't get it. Like, it, it does vary. I think, like you said, that was a good point you just made. Like, Auburn's fully capable of playing really, really well, and we have seen them kind of catch fire at times this year. It's going to be tougher to do that if Jalen Williams is out, you know, kind of long, long term. But um, if you just said coming into the year, and I think Bruce Pearl keeps hammering this, Dan, like, you know, in press conferences, like, look, if you just told me coming, you know, coming in that, hey, we would be third in the SEC right now and still have a chance to, you know, have some upward mobility. You know, now they, you know, they, they had a chance last night to, you know, still say in solo second. Compared to what we thought they were going to be coming into the year, this is a good season for, and it's always going to be a good season. You know, potentially being a top four seed in the SEC tournament is always going to be a good year and then see where the chips fall in the postseason. But I do think this loss and the way it happened kind of takes it like, maybe this team's not a contender, but it doesn't mean that all hope is lost or that this is going to be a rough season. I think you don't need to overreact to uh, even the losses that they've had. They're still, they still could be in a good position. They still have one of the easier run-ins of any team near the top of the SEC right now. Yeah, and 
and contender is relative too, right? Because I think if if this team, yeah, it's also awesome this, this this team could stay in the, in the hunt for the regular season title, depending on what Alabama does uh, the rest of this season. We'll we'll see what I mean. Being healthy is really important as far as how far your team can go in the NCAA tournament. We see uh, teams that are missing a piece they had for much of the year struggle to replicate their success. We also see teams overcome that kind of adversity and win some games in the NCAA tournament. So I don't, I don't want to talk in absolutes about what this team can do moving forward, but uh, it is, you know, for, for a, for a weekend that's set up to be very celebratory, right? Yeah. Because you had game day and you had the chance to beat Kentucky again and, and pick up a quad one win and go, fully healthy into this final stretch of games, believing the sky is the limit. Instead, you you get outplayed at home and a, you know, what one of your key pieces has, uh, you know, the, the, the future is uncertain now because of an apparent injury. So yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, to, to say it didn't go as, as hoped is, is putting it lightly, even if, yeah, I still think a lot of the things, that that Auburn thought they could do before the Kentucky game, a lot of those things can still fall into place. Y- you need more help, like this. this you, need game, a lot. You, need, you need a lot of dudes to step up. Yeah, this this is a game that that you know it it takes away a lot of that that margin of error that you that you may have had. All right, fellas, that'll do it for this podcast. Appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate everybody subscribing and reading. We'll have some stuff here in the the midweek with. Um, you know, Auburn basketball may have a little Auburn football there as well as we look forward to the start of uh, spring practices, all that good stuff on your way here um, in the next several days. We'll be back later this week. As I said, Jordan Hill of Dogs 247, our, our returning champion of the podcast game, will be back with us. And uh, yeah, thanks, thanks again. Uh, I know it was a tough one probably for y'all to listen to and uh, tough, tough performance to swallow for the Tigers. Uh, but uh, we appreciate you guys uh, riding with us in the highs and the lows because you get a lot of them in college sports. So thanks again. Painter, final thoughts. Dan, if I gave you 10 chances to make one half-court shot for $1 million, could you make it in 10 chances? A half-court shot, I would probably bet I would try and never say never. I would. I would say the odds makers would be right to make me a, a long shot to to hit one of those. I think I would hit. Ooh, I want to be careful about this in case I'm ever called on it. I think I would hit a three point shot in you ten go, chances. You could go one of ten from deep. I think a, yeah. one of ten from three. I, I think, think that's I, possible. I think I could do. I've been. I've been at the. Uh, I've been testing out this this hypothesis at shoot around and at basketball practice with the Trojans. Now they, you know, I, I are you using, using a women's ball? I am using shooting? a yeah, okay. I, I think I would go yeah one for ten. You know, I think I can I think we replicate something like that. Surprisingly good free throw shooter. You know, I've yeah, got, I've got a form now. I've stolen one of the players. You know, whole routines. Do you do the Dylan Carwell catapult? Because it looks I, it looks sick if you can hit it. <laughs> like I do. I I can I can rear I can slingshot. You do the, oh you do the rock back yeah I can slingshot a little bit and get and get it going there so uh so yeah it's uh I I think no would would be my answer to would I probably hit a half court shot given ten chances probably not I'd try 
You never know. I, I do think I can hit a three-pointer, though. I'm going to jump in and say I'm hitting one of them. I'm hitting one of them. And, 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 and this is not me saying I'm a great basketball player or anything like that. But I will say there was a time in my life where I got really good at shooting half-court shots for some reason. Um, I used to work at a summer camp, and one of my duties uh, during one week of the summer was to keep an eye on the gym, just kind of be the the semi-adult in the room at the gym and it's a summer camp and a lot of folks are outside they're at the pool they're doing stuff so the basketball gym was not the most crowded place in the world um and we had like the little like rack of balls and i would try to see how many half court shots i could hit in a set of 10 and one time i got four out of 10 okay it's been a minute but every time i play pickup or if i'm anywhere with lines anywhere i usually try to while warming up i try to hit a half court shot i have a decent success rate uh, you know, I, I feel like I can get the, the muscle memory down. So I'm going to get the million dollars, but now I'm interested. I want to see, a, I want to, me and Danny to have a free throw shooting contest. I feel like that would be a, I think that would be a fun, that'd be a fun game.